Wednesdays with Walton on Scoops with DannyMac.com. A reminder that Bernie Miklas is writing daily on the website about the St. Louis Cardinals. Always check out for podcasts with Martin Kilcoin. He's got great guests all the time. And if you haven't heard it, listen to the one with John Mosellock about the uh, the trade deadline. It's exceptional. And we do every Wednesday, Wednesdays with Walton, uh, Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. It's brought to you by Mark Milton and the Milton Law Group. If you're currently sideways with the IRS, you have years of unfiled tax returns keeping you up at night, facing tax liens, bank levies, wage garnishments. Think STL tax lawyer Mark Milton, widely recognized as one of the top tax resolution attorneys in the country. If you have IRS problems, visit stltaxlawyer.com today. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision, should not be based solely on advertisements. Also brought to you by Ryan Kelly, Cash Out Refi. This is the time to do it. It literally can change your life. The money you get from a cash out refinance can change your life, and your home is now worth more than ever before. Home loan expert, and that is the home of the 10-day closing guarantee, so the money will be in your pocket faster than ever. Credit card debt. Get with Ryan Kelly. He'll help you get out of debt. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. As we always do on a Wednesday as we get set for the Rockies and the Cardinals tonight, we say hello to Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. And Brian is all over the minor league scene. I would advise anybody, if you're wanting to find out about the Cardinals minor league system, which now is ranked near the top of all of minor league baseball, take a look at Brian's site. He's got updates on all the guys that you hear about. We're going to get some updates here. And Brian, as always, uh, good to hear your voice. And uh, thanks for doing this always on a Wednesday. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Dan. Let's talk about Matthew Libertor. I want to start with him. How would you classify the season that Matthew Libertor has had. It's, it's been up and down, certainly at the major league level, but do you see the growth that needs to be seen at the minor league level? I would say um, it's been a, a season that, frankly, has kind of gone downhill in a way. And, you know, so some of the other side, we, of course, at Cardinal Nation, we rank the Cardinals prospects every month, but some of the national guys do it at the middle of the year. And we're seeing Matthew Libertor drop a little bit in the national rankings because uh, in April – uh, in Memphis, he was exceptional. In five starts, he had an ERA right around three, uh, struck out 34 in 28 innings, and we kind of thought he was on his way. Then, you know, May came and he got a got a shot in St. Louis. Uh, but then since then, his ERAs by month in June, four and a half, okay. July, 7.8. In August, so far, 7.36. So we're seeing, you know, a different Libertor. And the the issue seems to be, you know, frankly, that batters are hitting better against him. Uh, his batting average against this month is 310, which is not something you expect to see. Also, his walks are up. Um, you know, Libertor would typically have about a, a three or four to one strikeout to walk ratio. This month, it's 13 strikeouts against eight walks, and as well as three home runs given up, which is uncharacteristic. So I don't know if he's getting tired uh, after having thrown a lot of innings or or what it is. But Matthew Libertor hasn't come on this season, and you know. It's his second season now at Triple at A. So, you know, it's a little disappointing that he hasn't, um, you know, come forward the way that, that you'd hope. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. And I think that maybe rush to the big leagues out of necessity, you just hope that a guy is able to bounce back, that it doesn't set them back mentally. Physically, you learn, but you don't want young guys to be set back mentally. I know you, you probably have seen that hundreds, if not a thousand times uh, in the minor leagues. 
Well, and the good news is, you know, let's not lose sight of the fact that Matthew Libertor is age 22. That's right. And, you know, so, so for him to have two full seasons at AAA and still be almost two full seasons, uh, you know, in a month it will be, at, at the age of 22, you know, shows that he was moved ahead aggressively. And we all know 2020 and, you know, you know not having a season and all that played into this. But I think the Cardinals relieved some pressure on Matthew Libertor by making the the deadline uh, trades that they made, bringing in two left-handed starters who, you know, barring injury are going to be in the rotation the rest of this year. And one of them next year as well. And so now there's not the pressure that Libertor has to step into the rotation or even that he has to necessarily come to St. Louis. And, you know, it's a little bit surprising in that, you know, we talked a lot about over the last few years, kind of the, the race between Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson to reach the majors. And, you know, we thought that that Libertor was probably going to be ahead and was going to be the guy, but really Zach Thompson um, has, has been the guy that's emerged more. And, it, you know, he's, he's uh, working now as a reliever in Memphis, as we talked about last week. So, you know, he's, he being Thompson is a guy we'll probably see back in St. Louis this year. Libertor, we may or may not. It wouldn't surprise me if the Cardinals send him home after a, you know, after this full season and, and have him, you know, get some rest. How about Graceffo? What have you seen from Gordon Graceffo here in the second half of the season? Well, Gordon Graceffo, you know, really blew away um, high A at, to, to start the season. Both he and, and McGreevy did. And since then, he's slowed down a little bit. And again, it's the same thing. The Texas League is a difficult league for pitchers. Uh, it's typically a league where hitters emerge. Uh, the ballparks are small. Uh, the travel's kind of long. But again, you know, we're talking about a young man who uh, 12 months ago had just been drafted, uh, is only age 22, and his overall ERA this year is under three. But it's quite a contrast between the, the mark that he had at um, uh, Peoria versus what he has at Springfield, uh, basically about an ERA of one in high A, and at, at uh, double A, it's, it's 4.13. And again, you know, 4.13 is nothing to be embarrassed about. Uh, 57 strikeouts against only 14 walks in 72 innings. So I think Graceffo is continuing to progress well, and if you look at the, the national rankings mid-year, he's a guy that has, you know, people have started to discover and understand that this guy is a is a top 100 prospect nationally. I think on one list that came out, maybe it was MI. MLB uh, pipeline, I think Graceffa was actually moved ahead of, of um, Libertor, which you know tells you what uh, unbiased observers think about it. I've seen a video on Tink Hens, and I'm going to stay on the pitching side of things. Um, I'm really curious what happens with him the remainder of this season. I would imagine, number one, just stay healthy, but two, where the Cardinals are looking at positioning him at the start of spring training of next year, because this guy is exciting. I, I'm I'm thrilled with what I'm seeing on video with him. And the only limitation, you know, Tink Hens was, if uh, folks may know, was drafted right after Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn in that class, in that wonderful class uh, so far in 2020. And the only knock on Tink Hens has been that he's moved very, very, very slowly for a guy with his talent. And there must have been some injury issues that that weren't reported directly. Again, a high schooler drafted young, and he was only 17 when he was drafted. So Tink Hens certainly isn't behind the curve in any way. Uh, you know, pitching in uh, in low A at 19, but he also now you know has to be at the point where you want to see him progress. And the Cardinals this season have been starting him every fifth day. He's in the rotation, but he's stopping at 50 to 60 pitches. So he's getting four, you know, three, four innings in. He's not going six or seven. And there's got to be a reason for that. Just like there's got to be a reason he hasn't been moved up to Peoria yet. I would hope, I would like to see uh, Tank Hence, you know, in a in an ideal world, get an opportunity to spend. Uh, the last month of the season at high A, which prepares him to spring 
spring forward, spring forward, uh, you know, like a Graceffo did uh, this year and a, and a McGreevy did where, you know, where they were actually able to move through high A pretty quickly and get to double A. But again, we're talking about a high schooler here in Hans versus two college pitchers in McGreevy uh, and McGreevy and a high school pitcher. They're going to move, you know, more carefully and, and be a little bit more careful with. I love the attitude of Ivan Herrera. He's been up and down this season. Took his lumps at the big league club. That's to be expected. But um, when you watch him, Brian, and you, you take a look at what he's done when he goes back down, what are some of the things that you've seen with him to get him to that next level to stick at Major League Baseball? How's he fared? Well, I think, you know, the challenge, um, certainly Ivan Herrera didn't hit like anybody would have liked when he, when he came up to the majors. But again, you know, he only got 18 bats, so it wasn't like it was an extended trial. And, you know, you didn't really want to see him get an extended trial this year because it probably would mean Yadier Molina was injured for a long time. But, you know, he's continued to play well at, at uh, uh, AAA Memphis. Certainly uh, they want to see him continue to grow in his receiving skills. That's been an area that, that he's focused on and will continue to focus on. The bat um, has been good this year but not exceptional. Um, he's been fairly consistent. He had an excellent May. Uh, typically, his, his OPS has been in the 700s this year, uh, but uh, in May, he had an exceptional month, OPS 991, and you kind of thought, well, maybe he would take that springboard of, uh, of that very successful May and, and turn it on, and he really didn't. He leveled off, and now this month, uh, he's just uh, three for 22 at Memphis, 136, so right now, uh, Herrera's not in a great space place with a bat, but, you know, he's a guy that, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but um, the major league baseball has changed the rules for September call-ups. Uh, it used to be that basically any player on the 40 man roster could be brought to the major leagues in September. And, you know, that meant for a crowded dugout. Sometimes it meant for a lot of pitching changes and long games sometimes. And as part of the decision made several years ago to increase active rosters all season long from 25 to 26 players, they also cut back the number of September additions to just two. So when September 1 comes in about uh, two weeks, the Cardinals will be able to add two more players to the roster. Now, I'm sure the hopes are that those two might be named Jack Flaherty and Steven Matz. I don't know. But certainly that would, you know, or, or, you know, Juan Yepes or whoever gets sent down when he comes up. So, you know, the opportunity for a, a, a younger player um, like a Burleson or a Libertor are probably limited somewhat. The one advantage that Herrera has is, you know, as we've seen in the games recently, you're in a tight game. You've got Yadier Molina getting on base in the late innings. You know, you want to pinch run for him, uh, and you can't use up your only catcher, you know, your only backup catcher. So, you know, having a third catcher as a reserve is something that I, I imagine the Cardinals will look at uh, very closely with one of those two extra spots for the final month. And certainly if an extra catcher is caught up, it will be Yvonne Herrera. Otherwise, we'll have to wait and see him come to camp uh, next spring to, to not only compete with Andrew Kisner, but also if the Cardinals uh, go out, and I would expect that they would, go out and get some type of veteran catcher to have competition and, and be ready, frankly, in case of, 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 of uh, an injury that's unexpected that you know otherwise might uh, limit their opportunities next year. You make a great point. I mean, generally speaking, when call-ups happen, you always have a third catcher. But in this case, and last night was a good example, you had to pinch run for Yachty, so you're going to want to do that. He gets it first base. It's going to take two hits, if not three, to bring him in. But if you're able to pinch run with him late, that's something to, to keep in mind as you move forward. That's right. And the other thing to remember, Dan, um, again, we may have talked about this on an earlier, call, on an earlier uh, um, podcast. I don't recall. But 
Another thing that's different this year is that AAA is going to play beyond the middle of the month when it would traditionally end. So AAA will continue to play basically through the major league season. And again, what they, what they discovered was if they sent the AAA players home and they only have 28 men on the active roster, what happens when somebody gets hurt in September? You know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, make a call and, and, uh, and find Connor Capel back home in Texas or wherever it is and rush him to St. Louis. Whereas if they're playing in Memphis, then they're still continuing to, you know, be ready and, and uh, on call if needed when St. Louis has a, a need during the final weeks of the season, which are going to be so crucial. By the way, did you watch the start the other night with Jack Flaherty? I did not. I watched uh, some of the video afterward, and yeah. it was a you know dramatic difference between the the first outing. His control seemed to be good. He seemed to be able to locate pitches where he wanted, and it was very very encouraging. And you know it's unfair, but you know because Jack Flaherty was so good, uh, you know the the bar is set high, and so you watch that first, you know, and it's impossible to not be disappointed that he got hit. But again, you you know you think, well, this is the first time the guy's been on a mound in weeks, so let's cut him some slack. And that this second uh, outing in Springfield uh, was much more like the Jack Flaherty we want to see. And, you know, it would be a tremendous boost for the Cardinals if they can continue to progress and, you know, step into that, back into that rotation for the final month, or, you know, maybe become a long man. Uh, you know, it, it would give them another weapon no matter what happens. Because we care, your trusted source for basement repair is do you have a waterproofing issue in your basement? Stratum Structural Systems is there to help. It's why they're the number one waterproofing company in the Midwest. They put the customer's interest first, provide lasting solutions, and eliminate the homeowner's stress. StratumRepair.com Because we care, your trusted source for basement repair is Stratum. Alec Burleson has uh, made a case to be a big leaguer. Can you explain where he's at with the Rule 5 and protection and all the different things that, that go into maybe a decision as to whether or not you bring him up? And this is Alec Burleson? Yes. Yeah. Well, Alec Burleson, um, again, he was uh, also drafted you know, in 2020. So those players uh, are not yet to the point where they are Rule 5 eligible. And this is probably a key factor that the Cardinals are thinking about as to whether to bring him up. Because if you don't, if you take a player who is not yet required to be added to the 40 man and put him on the 40 man, that means there's one less spot this winter to protect a player who was drafted uh, earlier who otherwise might be exposed to the draft. And so, you know, the Cardinals right now, if you look at their roster, and of course you know this better than I, Dan, you know, they're pretty well set right now. You know, there's the issue of when Yepes is ready, where he's going to fit in. But the guys that are there are playing well. The outfielders, you know, we started to see uh, improvement from from O'Neill, which has been long overdue. Dylan Carlson's starting to heat up a little bit. We've seen, uh, you know, Lars Newbar play exceptional now for about the last six weeks. So, and, and of course, Dickerson is created, is, is contributing when called upon. So, you know, there's not the urgency that there was uh, previously to, to bring out Brosen up. Now, in his defense, you know, on his case, he's done everything that's been asked of him and more. Uh, you know, he's been exceptional. He's leading the International League, which is 20 teams, by the way, uh, in a number of categories, including batting and, and uh, RBI. So, you know, Alec Burleson is, is basically major league ready. And But whether it's going to be this year or more likely next spring, you know, we'll have to see. You know, you know, not that we're hoping for it, but there could be an injury or something come tomorrow. And, you know, everything changes on a, on a, a heartbeat. Absolutely. I'll wrap it up with this. What are you working at at thecardinalnation.com? Well, we continue to um, provide information on every single transaction that occurs across the system. Uh, as of now, uh, the Cardinals, uh, I think it's five 
five of the 12 pitchers that were drafted and signed have been activated, one at Palm Beach and four in the Florida Complex League. So the, the young men that were uh, drafted on the mound this summer are starting to get into action in the final days of the schedule. Now, the Florida Complex League basically only has another week to go. So, you know, they probably want to get them in and at least get their feet wet in a game before the season ends. Uh, on the offensive side, all seven of the position players who were drafted are playing at high A Palm Beach. And so uh, when I'm down there, uh, I actually head down Friday morning, I'll be watching both the Palm Beach Club and the uh, Florida Complex League Club with a special eye on these uh, 19 young men who were drafted and uh, joined the Cardinals organization last month. Hey, Brian, great stuff. This is really good, and I know the fans really appreciate it. And there's more interest, I think, on the minor leagues now maybe than ever because of the Cardinals system and the fact that they kept on keeping these guys in the minor leagues and not moving them in a deal with Soto or others. So it's really interesting stuff, and I appreciate you. Yeah, and, it, you know, Dan, that's an important part of the Cardinal strategy. We can't lose sight of that. Building from within, you know, building that talent um, in their own organization has been their MO all along. And, you know, I, I'd say as much as it would have been wonderful to see Juan Soto in the Cardinals uniform, the, you know, the price to get him was going to be too high in terms of prospects for the Cardinals to pay. And, and uh, San Diego stepped up and, you know, good for them. But I, I think the Cardinals have a tried and true approach that's kept them competitive every year. No doubt about it. Hey, buddy, thanks. And we'll catch you up uh, next Wednesday. Talk to you then, Dan. That's Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com.